Collegiately speaking. And we're underway. Gives the boat, plows ahead, touchdown! John Moten, there's a deep throw for Jefferson. Over the shoulder catch, touchdown! What a catch! He bubbles the football. That is picked up by the Wildcats. With a convoy, breaks out of the 40. Intercepted by the Wildcats. The Wildcats win! The Wildcats win! Unbelievable! It's Collegiately Speaking. Join David and former Northwestern quarterback Dan Person as they break down all the ins and outs of Northwestern football. Touchdown! It's all over. The Wildcats with a comeback to remember. Here's Dave and Dan. Welcome to another edition of Collegiately Speaking from WGNRadio.com. Dave Ennett, joined by former Northwestern quarterback Dan Persa. We're with you every week when the Wildcats are playing to look ahead to the next game, recap the previous game. We took a week off last week, as did the Wildcats, after their loss to Nebraska. Probably not bad timing, Dan, to have a bye week. I don't know how you felt about them. I know there, there are two schools of thought. On on one hand, sometimes you lose a tough game and you, you want to get right back at it because you want to try to erase that sour taste. But as beat up as this team has been and, and after a, a loss, the way they lost that game to the Cornhuskers, I would think the timing this time was probably pretty good. Yeah, I would think so as well. It was like you said, a, a tough game and, and tough game to watch at the end of the day with with some calls at the end of the at the end of the game. But I think anytime you can have a bye week and, and extra rest always helps, especially going into a team like Ohio State, which would be a heck of a challenge this weekend or this Friday. Well, let's get this out there right now. I I, I don't want to speak for you, but I don't know. I, I certainly didn't think this team would be one and four through five games of the season and still winless in the Big Ten. I don't think so either. Um, you know, you, you, there was obviously some some key question marks at key positions, mm-hmm. um, and I think everybody was a little bit nervous about that, uh, especially at, at quarterback. But you looked at the schedule, and they're like, "Well, you know, you could you could win all these games. You can you can certainly lose all these games." Starting, I think it was what four of the first five teams were ranked. Um, so I think a lot of people were looking at the schedule a little nervous. Um, they've, for the most part, been been close games and, and games that Northwestern has, has typically pulled out, and it's just that they haven't been able to, to close those wins. And I guess here's the, the cup half-full, half-empty question. You look at the Nebraska game, did they have a chance to win that game? Yes. Did they give themselves a chance to win? Yeah, I mean, it looked like they had a drive going that, that potentially would have resulted in a winning score, and they could have walked out of... Uh, once again out of Memorial Stadium in Lincoln with a win. So to get from where they had been, which was uh, they they tried to claw their way back against Wisconsin, kind of, sort of, in the fourth quarter, were able to put some things together. But uh, after the previous game against Michigan State, where they really didn't have much of a shot once you got deep into the second half, this this was at least a game where, granted, it wasn't against a team of Wisconsin's caliber, I think that's pretty clear. But they did put themselves in a position where at least they had a chance. It wasn't like they, they got blown out of Lincoln, Nebraska. No, but I think to your earlier point, Nebraska, especially without Adrian Martinez, isn't isn't a great team by any stretch of the imagination. And I think that those are the, the wins that you need to get, mm-hmm. um, especially in the Big Ten West, uh, when they're there for the taking. And I think it was just, again, 
similar to the, the past few games. Slow, slow to watch. The defense looked looked pretty sound outside of a couple plays. Um, but the offense again, it's it just it's it's like watching paint dry. They just can't get any explosive plays. It doesn't seem like they're they're ever really in a rhythm. <laughs> they they get a couple things going, a, you know, maybe a drive here, a drive there. But you know, I, I still think that the coaches have to do a better job of of making it easier on the players. And, and the players are taking responsibility, like like I'm sure they they want to. And but at the at the end of the day, that I think the coaches have to do a better job of putting them in positions to make plays and getting more people involved. I just don't think they're doing a good job of that right now. Now you look at the offense. Aiden Smith got the start at quarterback for the first time in this last game against Nebraska, and uh, he was able to engineer a drive to get him into the end zone and had a drive going late in the game before he got intercepted, and there was apparently a a missed call of pass interference certainly looked that way on that. that. But uh, regardless, I mean, sometimes you get those calls, sometimes you don't. Uh, Overall, though, seemed like he felt a little more comfortable, looked a little more comfortable out there. I think so, and I I think that's the big thing at this point. It's like when when Hunter was struggling so much and the offense was struggling – uh, you just need a guy that go in there and just be decisive. And, and I don't think I think Hunter had had moments where he really flashed a lot of talent, but there was the majority of the time he looked very indecisive and very uncomfortable. You know, I think Aiden Aiden, you know, good, bad, or, or indifferent was very decisive, made made plays with his feet, which a lot of people probably didn't think he could do. Um, and I think more than anything, it was just his ability to to make quick decisions and get the ball out of his hands or make make a pull read on his own read and and put his foot in the ground and get some yards. So I think you know overall he he did a better job, but it's still you know it's still a bottom of the Big Ten quarterback play, which you can't have if you want to win games, especially when you have a defense uh, like Northwestern's, which has been really pretty good. I mean, I I think and. And we talked about it at the beginning, how good would this defense be? And I thought, if you looked at them, given the people they had coming back from last year, and granted they lost a couple of guys, Jordan Thompson gone from last year, Nate Hall, these were key guys, Montre Hardage, but they had players ready to replace those guys and guys who had played a lot of football or potentially were ready to go. Uh, I think Greg Newsom stepped in. And and been played very admirably at corner and Cameron Ruiz the last couple of weeks has had to step in there after Trey Williams got hurt. Uh, Chris Bergen's done a good job at the Sam linebacker spot. So you look at this defense and you think, okay, this is a top level Big Ten defense. I'm not saying they're Michigan State, Wisconsin. But I think they're in that conversation, the top half of the Big Ten defensively. I, yeah, I think more than that, I, I would put them right up there with with Michigan State and Wisconsin, just because you know they're on the field for so long, and outside of a couple of missed tackles against Stanford and a couple of big plays here or there against mm-hmm. Nebraska and Michigan State, they're they're doing a great job. I think Cam Ruiz was a guy that I was frankly shocked that he wasn't even on the two deep to start the year. I remember watching him against Notre Dame last year, and he just looked like a very explosive, talented guy that had a ton of confidence. Um, and he's obviously played his way into you know through injuries and and a few other things into a starting role. Um, but I, you looked at this defense top to bottom. There's a ton of talent, um, and and they're obviously extremely well coached by Coach Hank. And from from a scheme standpoint, so yeah, you know it's it's hard to to swallow these losses when you're giving up. But it's like you know ten points against Stanford. You know what, what was it? Maybe fourteen against Wisconsin before all the defensive or the offense. There were two. Yeah, yeah. They gave up uh, basically one uh, defensive 
touchdown in that game. That was on the opening drive. Right. And uh, the rest of it, those were touchdowns scored by right. Wisconsin's so defense. It was, yeah, it was 10 yeah. points versus Wisconsin. Michigan State was a little bit of an outlier, but still they held them in check for the most part. And then last week to give up, you know, 13 points or whatever it was, um, you know that's you should win those games. If you can't score fourteen points in a game, you don't you, you don't you don't deserve the win. And, and Northwestern hasn't been able to do that. Which is, again, we talked about this before. It's just it's just hard for a defense. I know they're going to continue to say they focus on themselves, but to play so well, I think they're ranked eighth in the country right now mm-hmm. in the S and P rankings, um, and not be able to get wins. You know, I, I think you liken it to a little bit of a great offense that just can't get any help. You know, you're scoring twenty eight or thirty five and and losing, and it's just like can we just hold them to 20 or 25 and you know i, I would have killed for one of these defenses <laughs> right well I, and in what i say i wouldn't put them up there necessarily at the top i meant they don't rank statistically right now right. with wisconsin for instance but they certainly rank better than most of the big 10 right and, I, and it's not all about statistics no. as we get reminded frequently but there is one number that i think has hurt them and that's uh turnover margin and it's not just the turnovers by the offense, but it's the lack of interceptions by the defense. They only have two interceptions through the first five games, and they have been outscored. And this this also, I guess, speaks to the problems of the offense. They've been outscored in points off turnovers. I believe it's forty-five to six last year. That was a real area of strength for them. They were very opportunistic. Granted, they had a fourth-year starter at quarterback. But still, they were able to cash in. The defense was turning the ball over, giving it to the offense, short fields. The offense was able to capitalize on that. That hasn't happened this year. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I think you look at college football across the board, very few teams can go 80, 90 yards and put together a you know a sustained drive. You're going to look for short fields or, or big plays, and Northwestern really hasn't had a ton of those. So it's, they've really struggled. Uh, and one other area, Dan, it's, it's special teams where I think – Against Wisconsin, I think special teams were a big part of the conversation. They had the long punt return by Riley Lees, called back because of a, a penalty. Uh, I thought against Nebraska, Daniel Kubiak, and certainly they were leaning on their punter pretty heavily. I thought he had a nice day kicking the ball, kind of a bounce-back game for him. And I think overall the play of the special teams has been up a notch this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you're winning for the most part two of the three phases. And they've, they've done that, uh, fairly consistently to, to win tight games over the years. And, and the offense just isn't closing the gap right now. And it's, it's frustrating when you're so dominant for the most part on defense and, and solid in the kicking game minus, you know, a couple shanks and a couple missed field goals, you know. The offense just has to do a, a little bit more, and they're they're not asking a ton. Score fourteen points, score you know, and that would have won them every single game so far for the most part. Um, so I think the offense just has to come along. It's it's been this, the same story, and and hopefully they can get it going. And, and I think Fitz talked a little bit about it in in his press conference yesterday when someone asked him about the struggles at key positions. He's like, yeah, it's it's no secret. I don't really know what you want me to say, but there's we're struggling at quarterback. Well, if you yeah. watch the team, you can see where they're struggling. Right. It's it's not rocket science, and I think um, you know hopefully the coaches are doing whatever they can to to help these guys out. I, I just think they need to do a better job. Um, and and you know Fitz Fitz takes the blame and says we got to coach them up better, but hopefully they can they can execute a little bit better and give them a better plan versus Ohio State because they're going to need it. Well, okay. Let me throw some numbers at you here. Uh, third down conversions first. First downs first. Uh, let's see. Where else do we want to go? Rushing offense third. Scoring offense fourth. 
These are all national rankings, by the way, not Big Ten rankings. Uh, defensively, how about uh, passing yards allowed, third. Red zone defense, third. A rushing defense, eighth. Scoring defense, fourth. I, uh, sacks, one. I mean, I guess yes. I, can, uh, I can stop right there. Right. Number, <laughs> number three or number four team in the country, depending how you look at it. Look, these teams played a year ago, and Northwestern got down cut it to three points in the second half in that Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis. Uh, got a big play from special teams. Got a big play from their defense. I remember Travis Willock had, a, I think, a fumble return in that game. Um, this is a different deal this year with this Ohio State team. It's a different guy behind center who's come in and hasn't skipped a beat. Justin Fields has been I mean, he finally threw an interception against Michigan State in their last game. Right? Yeah, they. I mean, from top to bottom, they they've been pretty unbelievable this year. I think you, you look at last year and they had a they had a very explosive offense. They had a great quarterback. Um, you know, the the thing that they didn't have was a mobile quarterback, um, which which gives every team trouble. Um, but their defense was you know much maligned all all year, and they they gave up a lot of points. And that was kind of the glimmer of hope that Northwestern had going in. If you could just slow down this offense and this quarterback. And you score, you know, three or four touchdowns. You're going to be, you're going to be right there. This year, it's unfortunately a little bit different story. You know, there there isn't a ton of weak spots um, on the team, and I think they've they've shored up the defense um, with, with some new coaches. And they're a scary team. You know, maybe you put Alabama and LSU ahead of these guys, but I don't know anybody. Not by much. Not by much. And and you look at, you know, is Oklahoma better than them? I, I don't think so. Watching watching their defense play. So, you know, this is this is a top two three team if not number one team in the country so um you know <laughs> again uh, you know wisconsin was was definitely a top 10 top five team they had a great defense their offense you kind of knew it was one eventual with jack cone not being able to throw the ball i just don't see a ton of weaknesses here and I, this is this is a very formidable opponent for northwestern now here's what you wonder about the timing of this game they both had buys last week uh, the uh, Buckeyes, we mentioned, coming off the win, the night game against Michigan State, very impressive, 34-10, to 10, although even Wisconsin even got Michigan State worse right. last weekend. But, but whatever the case, Ohio State has Wisconsin at home next week. So sometimes you would, they would look at this game, I almost think if it wasn't a Friday night game, the way it is, not that it's a night game. They play a ton of night games. Right. They're used to that. But if but it's the only game. It's Friday night. You kind of wonder if if somehow that keeps them more focused than, or they might be thinking about that Wisconsin game a week later. Who knows? Northwestern Northwestern's going to need something. I think you know this is they're just so solid, and I think Northwestern has, has really struggled. I think they'll, they'll slow them down on 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 defense, but. You know what is slowing down the Ohio State offense? Mean twenty one, twenty eight. You know they're a bit, they they can put up a lot of points, and Ryan Day has done a great job of of improving upon last year. And and Justin Fields, like you said, I think the one question mark about him coming into the season when you talk to national writers was just his decision making. Like you know he's super talented, but is he going to continue to throw the ball to the other team? And I think that's why he struggled a little bit. Not struggled. Jake Fromm's obviously a a great quarterback to to overcome, but he didn't play more because they were just worried about him turning the ball over. I think he can't, he comes in now and and throws one interception and he's protected the ball extremely well. 
So again, I just I don't see a ton of holes. Things could change as as the the season goes along and they play more in the Big Ten, but you know they're not giving me much to get, have a ton of hope. You know, no nobody talks about J.K. Dobbins. Everybody talks in this conference about Jonathan Taylor, rightly so. He may very well be the best running back in the country and win the Heisman Trophy. But you look at what Dobbins has done his first two plus years at Ohio State, and he's doing it again this year and, and not getting the acclaim. I mean, again, everything's relative. Right. You're still you're playing for Ohio State, you're still getting a lot of acclaim. But maybe not as much as some of the other guys at that position. Yeah, he's he's just a tough runner. He's a big guy. And at the same time he can make you miss and break away. You know, I think he's he's Similar to Jonathan Taylor, where he's a, he's just a sturdier running back um, that can that can do a lot of different things, and I think having the the quarterback run game that they have really stretches the defense side to side in, in the zone ring plays. So that it's really going to come down to for, for the linebackers and the defensive line just making those tackles, um, and he's yeah. not an easy guy to tackle one on one because you're not going to have a chance to gang up on him because you have to protect against the zone read and 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 the RPO stuff. So you know it's not extremely different to any other game but one-on-one matchups are going to be critical especially against such a talented team across the board i just remember that championship game the game that Dwayne haskins had and mclaurin guys right. like that uh, now th- those guys have moved on but the one thing i've noticed watching ohio state their receivers are so open i mean they're they get such great separation from the defenders that i mean it it makes it hard and part of that is fields is able to to buy some time and and keep plays alive with his legs and that's going to be a challenge for this defense as good as they are i agree hopefully hopefully the uh the the grounds crew grows that grass as as long as they can to slow those guys down a little bit i think the one thing on the on the back end you know we have have some northwestern has some guys that can really run uh, especially with ruiz back i think newsom and ruiz are, are two of the better more underrated corners in the big 10 and they can they can really fly so that doesn't scare me as much last year maybe a little bit more than this year um but with those guys having more experience you're not going to see guys running wide open i don't think um it's just being able to make those those 50 50 ball plays because those the receivers are just so long um outside of a couple slot guys that their their wide receivers are so long and, and can make big plays by just going up and getting the ball all right i watched south carolina against georgia saturday like a lot of people did and and they go in to uh, to Georgia and they they knock off the the number three team right. And granted, it took double overtime right. and it took some weird plays towards the end of that game, but it does happen. They were like a three touchdown underdog in that game, and they were on the road. Now Northwestern's I think more than a three touchdown underdog, but they're playing at home for for a team in Northwestern situation or un, say an unranked team. And a team that's been struggling, quite frankly, to beat a top five team. What has to happen? Is it is it just that that part of it is Ohio State? Maybe they're due for a bad game. They play a bad game. They give you some help because you kind of need a little of that too. Yeah, I think you're allude, alert or excuse me, alluding to the the Georgia South Carolina game. I think Jake Fromm threw three interceptions. I think he's right. never thrown that many in his career, and I think you're going to need the same thing from Justin Fields. And hopefully, he catches a little bit of the the Jake Fromm sickness of of turning the ball over. 
Um, yeah, you need turnovers, right? You need short fields. You're not going to be able to drive the ball on this defense, especially with, with Chase Young coming after you on, on third and longs because you, you can't stop that guy. So I think you need turnovers and, and, you know, you need the offensive staff to really cut it loose. And I think they will just be knowing that if they don't cut it loose, they're going to get blown off the field. Um, so I think it's, it's turnovers and then cutting it loose on offense. Um, you, you need, that needs to happen. It's, it's definitely a tall task, but I think the, the great equalizer is going to be turnovers. Well, just a little bit of history. In 2004, when Northwestern beat Ohio State, and that was the last time they beat them. It was, granted, it was 15 years ago. Where were you in 04? You were in. I was in high school. I think yeah. I was a, a sophomore in high school. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was a long time ago. So the, the previous game, the week before, Northwestern got blown out. At Minnesota, I think it was like forty-three to seventeen or something like that. And Brett Bazinet, the quarterback, got hurt in that game. I hurt his shoulder. Right. So there was some doubt as to whether he was even going to play against Ohio State. Not only did he play, but he played really well. Noah Heron had a big game. Ohio State, I think, was they were a top five team or close to it when they came into Evanston, and the Wildcats knocked them off. Now, granted. It took overtime. It took Mike Nugent missing a field goal in overtime to pull off the win, but they did. So it does happen. There is there is history there. Clearly, the the one thing everyone's going to be watching for Friday: how will this offense do against you know the defense for Ohio State? Kind of gets overlooked. You mentioned Chase Young, and they have some great players on defense, but it's the offense that gets the headlines for them. And and so Northwestern's going to have to find a way to get some points against that defense. Yeah, again, it's a tall task, and I think they haven't played a ton of close games either, so it's not like typically great teams and, and great defenses specifically really ratchet it down when, when there's tight games and they need to get a stop. How many stops do they really need have, you know, have to get this season? Not, not a ton, so I think um, hopefully that, that works against them and they can get a, a couple big – Northwestern can get a couple big plays, but it's – It'll be interesting to watch. Uh, hopefully, they can keep it close and give themselves a chance at the end. But this is this is a team that I don't think they've played in a long time. Well, I'm excited to see what happens. Right. And, and it's the end of the first half of the regular season. It also begins a stretch of five out of six at home for Northwestern. You know, it Which seems is helpful. Like, yeah. It, yeah, it seems like they've been on the road for a while, and to have some home games certainly is going to help them out a lot. Again, it's a Friday night, so we're. Um, we we'll get a little bit of a short week here. 7.30 kick in Evanston on Friday. And a reminder, you can hear the game on AM560 and at WGNRadio.com and on your WGN app. And we'll talk to you next week. We'll recap all this. All right? It'll be fun. Okay. For Dan Persa, our producer, Curtis Koch, I'm Dave Ennett. Thanks for joining us for Collegiately Speaking. We'll talk to you next week at WGNRadio.com.